welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannon. And we're glad that you're joining us. Seriously, it's 148 episodes. Thank you for all of you who have listened to every single one. We appreciate all the love and support. We appreciate all of you who share, those of you who have left a review, left stars. Seriously, if you haven't done it, what are you waiting for? You hear it every single week. Go do it. Do the dang thing. Yeah, share it right now. We're actually um, less than 1,000 listens away from 50,000 total. So we need you to share this podcast over the next few weeks because we really want to hit that 50,000 mark. So we would appreciate right now if you would stop what you're doing, hit that share button, send it to a friend, let them listen with with you. Do it. And thank you for those of you watching us live on YouTube. Welcome. You see us all in our beautiful attire. It's glistening outside. It's almost Christmas season slash a week away yeah, from don't Thanksgiving. Don't skip over Thanksgiving yet. I love Thanksgiving is my favorite, but I did put up my Christmas. And you uh, turned them on, you said. Yeah, I put up my Christmas And you've always night. been like with me in this. We don't turn on lights or start Christmas music or <laughs> Christmas movies, nothing, till the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Dude, you I, didn't hold out this year. What the frick? Well, we didn't hold out last year either, and oh, I loved it. No. Dude, I was going to take advantage. I hang. I get up on my roof. So yeah. last yesterday, I spent three hours on my roof putting outlining my house. It was like 50, 60 No, and you should weather. do that. Hang yeah. the Christmas lights while it's still warm. Like oh, yeah. 100%. I that's, turn them on. That's the way you do it. But then you wait to the day you of know Thanksgiving. What? My wife wants them on, so they're going on <laughs> because I'm trying to get lucky. Yeah. It, <laughs> whoa. Okay. Let's go ahead and move to the question of the week on today's podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've actually had um, several different uh, content creation pieces that have been released through Hill City. Yeah. One of them being uh, your new devotional, your yeah. new book, What If I Told You. So if you haven't already um, ordered that book, go order it. You can find it, it on Amazon. What if I told uh, $11.28. You? And I promise you, it'll be the best money you've ever oh, spent look, in your life. Look at you. But also not just the book. Um, I'm not sure if we made reference to it or not, but Brittany... Uh, Rocha and the worship team here released their new single, Holy of Holies. Um, I think almost the same time frame, same week yep. that you released your book. Yep. And uh, it's been getting a lot of attention it on has. Spotify. Matter of fact, you, you shared some stat with me just today on the monthly listens to Hill City Worship has increased. Yeah, significantly. So if you haven't seen that or heard that, go listen. You can do it on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple. We, they even have a YouTube of it out there. So we would love it if you would go support our worship team, especially because we're big on New Covenant grace-based songs. It's hard to come by, actually, if you're paying attention to lyrics, and I'm just so proud of the team. So you should be proud of them, too. Go listen to it. It's an amazing song. Holy of Holies yeah. is one of my favorite worship songs ever. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. It does speak to New Covenant realities in our life that are true of us today, and I love that. But also, if you go to Hill City Worship, you will also find a lot of their Christmas albums and songs that they have recorded. And one of the things with Christmas music, one of the reasons why they were so adamant to get that up on their page, it never goes out of style. Like each yep. and every single year, people listen to Christmas music around this time. So if nothing else, listen to Holy Holies, and then I'm sure you'll stay on the page. And they did an amazing job and on some of the renditions of yep. that Christmas music. So stay, listen to that. So really, I don't know if that was a question of the week. I don't think it was for us. But I'm going to ask a question of our audience. So if you've had something on your mind, on your heart, uh, to write, to perform, something creative, the question is, why haven't you started putting that out yet? 
Mm-hmm. And the, the time is now. And the second question is, why haven't you bought my book, and why haven't you listened to Hill City Worship? <laughs> there All it is. right. All right. Let's let's uh, let's transition into this week's episode. Last yep. week, we started um, the first part going through the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5. Of course, one of the most referenced sermons that Jesus preached while he walked the earth. Yep. Um, we think it was transformational uh, in what he was saying, countering the religious system of the day. And so it's something that we can still glean from, learn from. And so we're just kind of doing a little deep dive into each single one of the Beatitudes. And of course, every one of those Beatitudes starts with the word blessed or blessed. And I don't know why we started saying blessed. Blessed are the, why why do we say blessed? And it's spelled the same. English is hard. (laughs) I'm just, what? (laughs) Have you noticed that? Not until right now. Yeah. yeah, why do we, we say do that? blessed, but it's blessed are the, but we say blessed. Yeah, I'm rattled. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know why. I didn't even pick up on that until you <laughs> just said that right now. Oh, I've always had a problem with that. Like, Yeah, I have a problem with it right now. In every other word where it's spelled out blessed in the New Testament, we say blessed. Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, we say blessed. Yeah, my mind is blown. <laughs> why do we why, do Why don't you talk about blessed just for a minute? <laughs> well, we highlighted it last week in part one, part two. We're going to highlight it this probably every week because <clears throat> if you've missed it, it's such a cool revelation that the word blessed is the Greek word makarios or makaros, however you say it. And it represented a literal physical place, an island, pretty much the island of Cyprus, which is right there by Italy, right off the coast of Italy in the Mediterranean Sea. And it was a place where everything that you needed was there. In other words, it was self-sufficient. So you could go there and you could have every one of your needs met. And so it was kind of like this symbolic image that when when Jesus said the word blessed, his first century Jewish audience would have thought about this island and would have understood that he was making a statement or blessed was a statement or a place of reality where one lived in total completeness. Or in other words, it's not something that you will be someday. It's something you are right now. And I love that because all of these statements are statements that already belong to you. Mm -hmm. And so our job of highlighting them isn't to be like to challenge you to become more like this. It's to awaken to the reality that you already are. Because when you know you're blessed, you are aware of the already present kingdom of God within and you live like it. Yeah. And so know you're blessed. When we go through these Beatitudes, just know these things (laughs) are true of you. I'm so rattled. I never even picked (laughs) up on that. That there is a differential. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre, and I've always wondered it. But we will we will move on because we're going to get to <laughs> the third beatitude um, yeah. right now, and it's yeah. blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And so we really need to talk about this idea of meekness because whenever we say meekness or someone is meek, a lot of times in our American way of thinking, it means or we think it means that someone is weak, they're a coward or they're very passive in nature. Um, But we've actually come to find out it doesn't mean those things. Actually, there's a lot of strength to this idea of meekness and what Jesus was saying. And I know that you actually shared this revelation with me uh, because you were going to get a tattoo. Again, Mm -hmm. you've got the Beatitudes. I think we mentioned that last week, um, tattooed on your arm. And so talk to me a little bit about your tattoo and the significance of this idea of meekness and why it spoke so much to you. Well, it was actually the first tattoo I got on this sleeve. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right there. It's a sword, a first century Jewish sword in its sheath. And which is funny because when I had that as a standalone tattoo, many people thought it was just a giant needle 
from afar, which is kind of funny <laughs> to think about. But meek, it was actually a Greek military term. And the person it, it defines as the person who knows and understands that they are the most powerful in the room, and yet they're still able to keep the sword in its sheath, which is crazy. Like I, you should pause and think about that for a minute because meek is actually an incredible idea. Uh, we actually did a whole Christmas series a couple years ago called the Christmas sheath and, and how to have meekness around the holidays. It's one of my favorite sermon series, to be yeah, honest, super but, cool. but because it's probably personal to me. In, in other words, meekness is a passionately controlled emotion. It's not a passionate emotion. It's a passionately controlled emotion. And a lot of us have passionate emotions. A lot of us aren't very good at controlling our passionate emotions, especially around the holidays. You're about to be triggered this week at, if you go around family for Thanksgiving. The topics and conversations are going to come up. Are you able to have a passionate, controlled, emotional response to conversations that trigger you? Yeah. And this is what Jesus was doing when he said, shared this to his audience. Yeah. And I would say, especially if you're talking about family around the holidays, especially if you're in a place where in that place you've been given authority and power mm-hmm. um, to yeah. that specific area. And kind of what I mean with that, because you mentioned someone with power and authority, but chooses not to use it in a negative way. So for instance, if I were to have and host the Thanksgiving dinner at my house, guess what? That's my property. That's my house. That's my area that I oversee. So I have power and authority there. But whenever family comes and different things, do I abuse that power and authority to make mm-hmm. sure everything goes my way, that I have the last say, that it's all about me? Or am I able to control that emotion and allow others to feel welcome, to feel safe uh, in that environment that I have power and authority over? Yeah. And so I think that'd be a good, um, a good example. But this idea of meekness, it's actually only found three times in, um, in the Gospels. And it is the third beatitude here, the first one. And of course, um, Jesus then describes himself as meek in Matthew chapter Uh, 11 verse 28 when he invites the weary to come to him to find rest because he says I am gentle and humble in heart and then the third time it's mentioned is when he rides on a donkey during his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem and that's in Matthew chapter 21 which of course was a prophetic rejection of the militaristic means of an empire and so I know one of the things that you've actually preached through this um, Jamie mentions this um, a lot when he's talking about peace and he's preaching on peace but it's this difference of the war horse versus the donkey. Why don't you speak to that just a little bit because it's yeah. in our notes, and I know you've preached on that before. Yeah, well, it was influenced from Jamie. He, he, he taught on this, and I did a whole bunch of research on it because I thought it was fascinating, is, um, yeah, during this time, Pilate would ride through the city on a war horse, and it was this symbol of fear, this symbol of domination, this symbol of we own you. And Jesus rides in during this time, on a donkey and it was the complete opposite symbol because a donkey represents peace and culturally. And I just love what Jesus, Jesus is constantly challenging empire. And if you actually have the eyes to see that now, now that we shared it and you reread through the gospels, even understanding the book of revelation, Jesus is constantly challenging our mentality around us versus them empire. And today I think he would be challenging us as Americans. Like, do you love the empire of the United States Mm. more than your allegiance to Christ? And man, I had a conversation, a little spicy conversation with someone recently 
just talking about the Pledge of Allegiance. And they're like, we got, we love the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm like, I understand that. And I, and I value our American life. I really do. I, I value it. And I appreciative of everybody that has served in our military because I don't even get my freedom of speech without that. I get that. But if we're being real honest, the way of Jesus trumps that. And Jesus was anti-military. He was anti that way of life. He's anti-violence. And I know this is a big conversation around, so you're, you're a passive. Well, well, the term meekness literally is talking about passionately controlled emotion, not violence. And we're actually going to get to this in a little bit way because meekness in our culture, even as Americans, it is the opposite way of the world. The way of Jesus is opposite way in this regard to control and power. And that's a tension I live in. So yeah, I understand that. And, and I recognize this tension and it's not easy for a lot of people to understand because we are so patriotic and I'm not saying patriotism is bad, but it is when it neglects the fact that you are apparently surrendered to Christ first. Right. You should also live in this tension too then of being torn on what you believe about war and what you believe about power and what you believe about empire. This should challenge you. And if you've never thought about it that way, welcome to the tension because it's not fun as an American. Yeah. And so when Jesus actually says this, blessed are the meek because they will inherit the earth, what he's doing is he's challenging his Jewish listeners there that there is a better way of living than the one that they currently are in, this doggy dog, winner take all type of world we live in. And I know you actually share with me a quote from Brian Zahn. Um, I thought it was beautiful as well. It says this, and he says, there is a besetting paranoia that plagues the superpower mentality, and it most often manifests in an anxious obsession with security. Hmm. Anxiety over security is the price the aggressive pay for clawing their way to the top. They are fated to live in constant dread that someone will take away their position of privilege. The way of violence and aggression is the way of Caesar. The way of meekness and trust is the way of Christ. And they are in contradiction to one another. The rebuttal is what practical men of reason will say. Well, if we don't aggressively guarantee our security by force, the wicked will certainly triumph and we will be dispossessed. But I will also know what Jesus said. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. You have to choose who you're going to believe. I'm not sure the Romans thought. Yeah, I'm sure. Or I'm sure the Romans thought it was crazy too. The earth is seized by the aggressive and violent, but it is inherited by the meek and gentle. Inheritance is a family word. Think about it. A relationship word, a grace word. Seizing is the way of Satan. Inheriting is the way of God. I mean, that's just challenging at the core. I live in that tension. And I invite you to live in that tension because it should challenge the things that you believe, specifically as an American Christian. Your allegiance isn't to America first. Your allegiance is to Christ. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Because Jesus didn't come to wage war on the Romans, but to love them. But he was challenging the Roman Empire. And I think that applies to us today, even out of context. It, Jesus is challenging our American over every over the world type of mentality that we often have. Because yeah, I get I get asked a lot about this. So so you believe that God is is passive. Well, he literally showed passivity by staying on the cross, for one. But people will always go to that one place in, in the scripture where Jesus tells his disciples to bring swords. And I love it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Why don't you finish the story out? Because as soon as Peter, who uses the sword that God, that Jesus told him to bring, what does Jesus do? 
he rebukes him for yep. using it, yeah. which is ironic, but it also reveals something. Maybe, and this is just my thought on it, I could be wrong, maybe Jesus was trying to show the disciples what meekness actually looked like because they wouldn't have been able to control themselves if they didn't have swords in this moment. So maybe the reason for why Jesus invited his disciples to bring swords was to show them to not use them, which is a challenging idea and a challenging thought. That's what I believe yeah. about what was happening yeah, in the story, 100%. which is an incredible yeah, example. because it's a contradiction. He wouldn't say bring them and then rebuke Peter whenever he uses them. And if you think about all throughout the Gospels, what the disciples kind of thought and those around Jesus thought was that he was going to be uh, the Messiah in a way that he would raise up an army, lead it, be the general of it, conquer the Romans, get them out of Israel. That's why, think about it, whenever people came um, to those feedings, you know, we know, we know them as the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000, well, only men were counted. And I know they say, well, you know, they would only count men of that day. But partly the reason why they were counted is because they were seeing what kind of force they would have with men to raise up an army. Yeah. And then Jesus is like, no, I, I, that's not what I'm about. You're missing the point entirely. So he does show a way of contradiction to what most people think of with power and authority and taking back control of Israel. Yeah. Blessed are the meek, have passionately controlled emotions. My challenge for you around the holidays this year is to value connection over being correct because you can be right in an argument at the sake of the relationship. And so Jesus is all about relationship. Let's go to the, the last one. Uh, verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And in this tattoo, I got just a cup for wine and bread. I hate the bread tattoo, but I wanted to symbolize it because I'm going to share something with you that I wrote in my devotional. It's actually on day 15. I'm just going to read it for you because I think I just painted it pretty well yeah. there. And so if you're not there yet on day 15, here's day 15. I'm going to read it for you just talking about hunger and thirst because I heard hunger and thirst my whole life that this is what you should be doing in Christian disciplines is hungering and thirsting for more of God. And let's challenge that idea. Here's from my devotional. It's time to stop hungering and thirsting for more of Jesus. I know it sounds wrong to read or to hear, but hear me out. I was taught to constantly hunger and thirst for more of God. I never looked at the teaching critically because it sounded good. However, it's actually the opposite of what following Jesus is about. Think about it this way. To hunger and thirst is to lack something. Hunger and thirst are terms used by orphans. When we're even taught to hunger and thirst for more knowledge and revelation, you'll never be satisfied with love like Jesus, which, by the way, is the entirety of the gospel. We oftentimes would rather bury ourselves in the scriptures, prayer closets, or at a table of theologians debating theology instead of going out of our way to love people, all people. You might be thinking, but Jesus said, blessed are those who are hunger and, or blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Indeed. However, Jesus was talking to Jews under the old covenant law. He also concluded that verse by saying, and they will be filled. Fast forward to John 6, Jesus is teaching how he is the bread of life. He says in verse 35, whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Once you know your righteousness isn't tied to your behavior, but found in the person of Jesus, you understand that you're filled permanently, filled with purpose, belonging, acceptance, and value, filled to fill others. You can't be righteous by what you do. You can't be favored or blessed because you give, fast, and pray. You can't be anointed because of your study. You're already righteous, favored, blessed, and anointed because of Jesus in you. The only thing you think you lack is made up in the way that you think. This is why David is a man after God's own heart, and so are you. You are already completely known by the Creator, and He is proud of you. 
Have you ever noticed the crowds that follow Jesus and how often Jesus needed to retreat from them? Why is that? Maybe it's because it's exhausting having to spiritually fill people who think they lack what he already provides. The crowds hungered and thirsted for what Jesus did. Therefore, they were never satisfied in who he was, resulting in never being satisfied in who they were. Today, we are often motivated to follow Jesus for what he does rather than for who he is. It's time to stop longing for more of whatever you think you lack. The only longing you should desire is how you can give away what already belongs to you. Theologian and author of the Mirror Bible Translation, Francois Dutois, says it this way, We are designed to participate in our divine origin simply by reflecting, not striving. My friends, you lack nothing. Not my words, but David's in Psalm 23. Hungering and thirsting for more isn't the gospel. It's not even good Christian behavior. It's actually anti-gospel as you refuse to believe Christ is sufficient. And so that was from day 15. I go talk about this whole idea that when you know that you're already righteous, there is no more hungering and thirsting for it because it's just a gift that you receive. And so when you receive it, you'll recognize that you're filled because you've always been filled with the love of Christ to go and give that away to everybody you meet. Yeah, one of the things that really stood out to me um, in that chapter and in that devotion that you just read is this idea of um, like we oftentimes would rather bury ourselves in scripture, prayer closets, or at the table of, quote, theologians debating theology instead of going out of our way to just love people. And you know me, that's, that's the frustration that I live in. And there's nothing wrong with teaching. There's nothing wrong with gathering and doing Bible studies and all of those things. But when we think that that's the pinnacle of the Christian life, when really um, that's just something that should be done along the way while you're loving people, um, because that's really the pinnacle to know you're loved, to love others. Um, and then it's cool if you want to get some revelation while you're studying and doing all the stuff. But to me personally, um, that I want to come in on Sunday mornings and I've told you this multiple times. I think I've even shared this on the podcast and just get up and say, okay, here's three different projects. Here's three different ways to go out and sh actually show love. You know, we've been teaching you, you've been learning. Some of you have been sitting under like solid grace teaching for 20, 30, 40 years, actually go out and love someone else. Maybe that you're not accustomed to loving leave, go do it right now. Like, I, and I know we can't do that probably, but it's just what yeah, I want to do could. because I don't know, people get so caught up on just, you know, well, I'm following Jesus cause I show up and get taught to every week and I, you know, I open up and I try pray for revelation and all those things are okay. But man, just start living it. Like that's what we're called to do is to yeah. live it out. It um, really just is that. And I think that we're just very unsatisfied with loving just like Jesus. Because we're, isn't there more? Don't I need more? Yeah. You're, you're already filled, baby. You, you got it all. You lack nothing. The only thing you think you lack is made up in your mind. So rest in that. Yeah. No, I think it's really good. And this idea of, like you said, debating, um, you know, well, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, some people think that they have to have it perfectly. You have to have perfect theology and have to, you know, study out endless things because what if someone asks a question I don't know the answer to, you know, well, welcome to life following after Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor. I've been following Jesus since I was probably five or six years old. And there are still to this day, and I've been pastoring now for 18 years. There are still probably weekly someone tries to ask me something and I just don't know. 
And I've been okay to accept that I don't know right now, but I'm also someone who is living it out each and every single day. And sometimes I get more satisfaction of that and I don't let it bother me because I know I'm still being Jesus while trying to learn more about him. So Mm. love it. Well, so go and be meek this week and know you're filled and know you're filled. (laughs) No more hungering and thirsting. You are already the righteousness of Christ live in that fullness. And I promise you more people will be attracted to you when you live with meekness and you live understanding your permanent identity as a righteous child of God, man, bringing heaven to earth, what we're all about. So just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 